a listener production. Hi, and welcome to Broadsheet Melbourne Around Town. I'm Broadsheet's Editorial Director, Katja Vatville, and the host of this guide to Melbourne. Minds on Plus is a consultancy that launched earlier this year with a new approach to education, safety, and wellbeing in the hospitality industry. The co-founders are Roshani Epa and Sebastian Passanetti, and they've assembled an Avengers-like team of experts from the fields of mental health, disability, anti-racism, sexual safety, and LGBTQIA plus education to facilitate training that will make Hospo businesses not only more inclusive, but healthier and just generally better places to work. Passanetti told us that the business is a one-stop shop to address social and cultural topics like mental health and diversity, but also manages retention by maintaining safe spaces for all kinds of teams, which is something that every industry needs, but HOSPO has a high turnover, so it's particularly interesting that they've launched something in this space. And Sebastian joins us today. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Katya. Very excited. So you launched Minds and Plus in April. Yep. How's the response been? The response has been so nice, actually. We um, weren't really sure how it was going to be received, especially being two people of colour. I'm queer and I've been, anytime I've spoken about this kind of stuff in space, it's always met with such resistance. Mm. I feel like something's shifted in the industry and everybody's really wanting this support. And as you know, it's a tough time for everybody in every restaurant right now. So having external people that can come in and provide this kind of support and education has been received really well. This is the kind of training and education that all industries could benefit from and I think that all people are looking for. Why have you chosen HOSPO? You're right there and the dream is to eventually roll this out to other industries but we're, Rashani and I, both from a hospitality background. I own a restaurant and a cafe in Fitzroy so HOSPO's always been the area that brings me the most joy and I guess where I've seen the most issues. So I really wanted to focus and start there and um, support the industry that I care so much about. And then, yeah, eventually we want to roll it out to everywhere if possible. How did you and Rashani come together? And of course, she's also the editor of Culinary Magazine, which is an incredible print magazine. A, wonderful. We love it when we see new print, but it's devoted to people of colour, writers of colour, people in the business who are people of colour. How did you guys cross paths? Yeah, exactly. Culinary is amazing. And uh for that reason, about amplifying BIPOC experience, especially in the culinary space. There's no other media publication that kind of has that lens or that focus. We met through a mutual friend. Um, We were trying to set up at a massive festival, again, celebrating BIPOC businesses, small businesses, so food businesses, art businesses. We were going to have it at Vic Market, and we met through a mutual friend to try and set that up. Um, Once we had sat down and spoke for about maybe half an hour, it seemed that we had been both doing the same work separately Mm. and it was just like a match made in heaven when we came together. That's so good. So for those who might not understand the play on words, Mm -hmm. can you talk about the name? Yeah, for sure. So Maison Plus in the culinary world means to essentially set up a section or set up a station. You get taught that in culinary school. And we kind of wanted to have a pun or a play on words like culinary does um, using culinary and the word colour for people of colour. Yeah, we decided to name it Minds on Plus to essentially represent setting up your mind or um, prepping your mind or well-being in a workplace. So when you talk about prepping the mind and the fact that Minds on Plus is going to be a place that helps helps you to prep your mind, are you talking about prepping the mind of the staff or the business operator or is it both? It's actually both. Um, we've come up with a business model that 
addresses both the issues that the operators and business owners see, as well as what the employees are asking for. So to get into it, we start with the process. We start with a survey where we administer it to both, again, the operator business owner and then all the employees. Um, we collect that data and then we cross-reference it and show them to both of the parties. Um, as a business owner, I always go into these kinds of things being like, I know exactly what my staff need and what they want. And then what they tell you is something totally different because you're not really on the ground seeing the biggest issues within the team. So we thought that was the perfect place to start, collect that data. And then we um, assess their points on a traffic light system or assess the data um, to what we think would be critical and where they're in the green and then anything in amber. And then we offer workshops based around that, which we bespoke make with the people we've partnered with. I'm assuming when you present back to the operators or the business owners, I imagine there's some surprise there because it's it can be really difficult as the staff member to articulate how you're feeling and to feel safe enough to do so. So for I sure. assume some of the survey responses that come back are really surprising for the operators. Yeah, I mean, we have set up the questions in the surveys to kind of be general without it getting too personal. Mm. We're not therapists and we're definitely not trying to highlight the bad areas of the business to then hold people accountable. It's actually to empower the rest of the team, again, to feel supported and have that education. Mm. But yeah, there's definitely been times when operators have come in and they're like, we have multiple queer people. And then when we administer the survey and ask those queer people how safe they feel if there's LGBTQIA plus policies in place or if pronouns are part of their email thread, or just these little 1% of things, mm. um, these business operators are normally quite shocked. And we like to send it in an email without having to be in person with them when they get those results, because I think it's important they are in their space when they receive that news. Mm. Again, we try and make it really clear that this is not like a blaming process. It's just more about how we can best support to create that environment. Yeah, education. And, exactly. and again, gi giving people tools. What are some of those single workshops that people have really been drawn to? So mental health first aid. Mental health is a huge, mm. it's almost been every um, inquiry at the moment. Um, mental health month is right now. So how we've been hot with mental health stuff. We've mm. just done a burnout workshop with Carlton Wine Room. And I know they wouldn't mind being spoken yeah. about because of how powerful and impactful that session was. Also did mental health first aid with Trader House. So the people at Gimlet. Yeah, and great that group and they received it so well as well and have now inquired about further trainings for the rest of their team. I think exactly what you said before, <clears throat> these places just want the information and the support. Mm. And I think we've moved past the point of blaming each other now. And it's just like, how do we collectively move forward? Because the industry is on its knees begging for help. Mm. I want to talk about some of the Avengers, yep. the, the, <laughs> the incredible experts that you've pulled together, because it really is a, it's you and Rashani, but you've got this network of the best of the best in these different disciplines. So can you just walk through a few of the people yeah, that you've enlisted? The five organisations we've partnered with have been so intentional. We've admired their work for quite a long time. And the biggest selling point for us was we didn't want to create another workshop where it was another cisgendered white person teaching the class or facilitating a conversation about pronouns or racial slurs. It just doesn't hit the same, doesn't have the same impact or engagement. So we really wanted to work with organizations that had created workshops or resources via lived experience or mm. by their own experience or people in proximity to them who have experienced these kinds of issues. So Jamie's does really amazing work. They're based in Adelaide, um, called Not So Hospitable and now Off the Cusp, 
two separate businesses. So they do sexual violence awareness training, essentially like how to report sexual violence in the workplace, learning the terminology around sexual violence. Terminology would be such a big part of this. I think having the words For to, sure. to know how to discuss what's happened to you or what you've seen happen in the workplace. You've hit the nail on the head there. That's the biggest thing I think for me that's come out of Minds on Plus in these workshops is we've had to scale it right back and understand where everybody else is at. And that's exactly Mm. right. Building a shared vocabulary has been like the biggest thing now as in that's education in itself, being able to name how you're feeling or name that that's not okay the way you just touched me or that's actually a racial microaggression. And just having those words brings so much empowerment to these people to then move forward with reporting it. Yeah. And then so you've got the someone who can help with sexual violence. So we've got sexual and, yeah. violence. Um, we have Hugh Color the Conversation who do racial violence training. They do workshops around racism 101, essentially the difference between culture, ethnicity, race, which again seems quite basic, but mm. has to start, there has to be a starting point. Yeah. They do amazing work in that space. Archie, who does queer allyship training from queer towns, is really amazing and builds that shared vocabulary around around pronouns and appropriate ways to ask people different things about sexuality if that's the way it's going, the conversation's going. Mm. And then we have Callie's Cause, who I'm head of partnerships with and work as a mental health first aid instructor. So they're based in the UK and we've just recently launched in Australia. I Um, saw that. And you've got a workshop coming up. We have an open workshop coming up, which is really exciting, October 23rd and 24th. Essentially, that is the same as you would think physical first aid, but mental health. So yeah, Kelly's course has been an amazing career path for me and something I feel really, really passionate about. Someone who's dealt and experienced with poor mental health, depression, anxiety for a long time, Mm. directly correlated to working in hospitality as well. Um, I feel really passionate about bringing this work into the industry. I think about just the decades of, you know, again, poor mental health in a lot of industries, but in particular, just the... um, the relentlessness and the hours and a lot of the kind of systemic elements of of the hospital industry. And I just think, gosh, imagine if people had had these resources like Kelly's cause decades ago. We've seen just how dark and facial it can get in hospo. And exactly right. It's not a point. It's We're not at the point anymore of saying, oh, this is affecting people. Like we are losing lives due to this Mm. systemic culture that we've created in hospitality. Whether we're doing it subconsciously or consciously, there are elements of the industry that all of us can have a part in playing. Like I speak to business owners all the time around saying their workers are coming to work the next day or their team are coming to work the next day extremely hungover and like this culture has started, this drinking culture. And I was like, have you decided to not allow knockoffs. The most simplest thing to think about, mm. which has a direct correlation to a person's well-being, and they've been like, wow, I just thought we had to offer that as a perk. And it's like, that's not even a perk. No. <laughs> it also it's financially yeah. disadvantages you as a business operator. Yeah. There's so many one percenters that we could all do. Things like a clear contract, job descriptions, rosters that come out a month in advance, two days off together, which again sounds so base level and almost the bare minimum. Our industry has just never yeah. dabbled in that. So I feel like we got through four of the Avengers, but yes. not that there was a fifth. Um, so we partnered with Carly Finlay, who does a lot of work in disability awareness. They have a skin condition and do a lot of public speaking around accessibility within general life, I would say. So the work we do with Carly or we'll plan to do with Carly is around making venues more accessible. Our launch party we had with Minds on Plus, we had a panel and Carly told this story about 
when she took her friend to her blind friend to a cafe and had asked previously for the menu to be sent to her so she could read out the menu to her friend so her friend didn't feel awkward in that setting or uncomfortable. Those little things about having your menu online in multiple formats and having a really clear entrance for disabled people. and It's such a great point you make because myself, I think about the space, the physical space. It never occurred to me that actually having your menus online and actually having as much detail as you can exactly. on your on your website or on your social media so that there can be greater accessibility either through friends or family or however you might digest that content. I mean, even just having this conversation now, you start to hear things and you think, oh, okay, it is these it's these 1% things and they all add up together. And they all add up. That's exactly right. Something that you mentioned earlier as well is making sure that the people who are giving uh, the education and the tools and the workshops do have the lived experience. And that comes from the fact that you and Roshani had encountered some of this DEI training, I believe. Yeah. But as you said, not from anyone who'd had the experience of microaggressions in the workplace or had any sort of understanding of what it would feel like to go through that kind of experience or treatment. Exactly right. And um, those people are always the most executive level who run an hour workshop because they have a box to tick. Um, So that, again, has been something that Rashani and I really wanted to lead this business with, people with lived experience. We had just been in too many of these sessions before where we first of all were the only people in the room and then the diversity question gets directed straight at you or everybody starts looking at you and then you're singled out or you're tokenized for those kinds of experiences. And someone talking about racial slurs, like I don't need that information. I get it. You know what I mean? So for me and for Rashani, we really wanted to have people who had the lived experience so the other folks in the room who it didn't apply for it would really hit home that they mm. could hear it coming from a person from lived experience and mm. how it's affected them. Let's circle back actually to burnout. I think that's that's a really good one. Um, and that is, that's been a hot topic for years. Yeah. And, and again, HOSPO, but also I feel like every industry has been dealing with that question. I'd love to know if you've seen examples of businesses that have actually got it right, what's different about them? Like how how do you manage that in a world where Things have got to be efficient and everyone's talking about the bottom line. And there is this, um, again, a kind of systemic thing around, especially you come into a business, it's like, that's how we do it here. And so if you're not going at 150,000 miles per hour, mm-hmm. something is wrong, you know, with you or the work you're doing. Look, the places that do it well have, and I touched on it a little bit before, but they have really clear contracts that detail work-life balance that detail um, the job description and the expectation within the role. They also, when administering a task, it's very clear the timeline and that's not Mm -hmm. interfered with. Um, They offer support and education around those kinds of things. Look, it's hard because hospitality specifically is inherently a stressful working environment. Like Mm -hmm. it just at its core is. That just is the industry, but there are ways around creating support so people don't feel so stressed. As in, Looking at a roster and having someone that's working 16 hours, that is a no-brainer. That's going to lead someone to be stressed, which eventually turns into burnout. Mm. Um, I think people haven't made the correlation between stress and burnout, but that essentially is Mm. burnout and that essentially is stress. They go hand in hand. Um, A friend of mine, when we launched these burnout workshops 
couple of months ago. She runs an organization in Canada called Not 9 to 5 and does a lot of work with psychological safety within the workplace. And we had posted about creating these burnout workshops and she said, but you're now putting the onus on the individual about how to manage their own burnout. But if burnout is a byproduct of the work environment, how does that correlate? And Mm. it's the first time somebody had called us in to be like, okay, we need to understand that. Yes, we can give this, all this education to people, but if I go and teach this person about burnout and then their roster the next week is 80 hours again, that goes hand in hand with exacerbating the burnout. Mm. So it almost creates more of a stressful situation for that person. Now they've got the education, but they're up against this wall that's tied into a contract or they're sponsored in this country, they're a migrant or whatever the case Mm. may be. So we've really tried to attack the system and try and get people to understand that alcohol consumption, access to alcohol, that's going to lead to stress and um, well-being. Unclear work tasks or unrealistic timelines, Mm. that's going to lead to burnout and stress. Unclear job descriptions, unclear contracts, all these little one percenters, again, they're going to add up and lead to um, burnout and stress or in an already stressful work environment. Yeah. I've taken a lot out of this conversation, but one of them is that there are actual practical measures that you can do to elevate the safety of your workplace in so many ways. It doesn't have to be, and I hope that people listening hear that as well, which is there is a lot of work to be done, but they can be done in, it can be done in small steps with right. practical measures and things that can be done almost immediately. I mean, that's what I think is great about what Minds and Plus is talking about is there are some things that are longer term and will take time. There are some you can, they're kind of like flick the light switch. Yeah. And they'll have immediate effects for not only the um, the staff, but at the end of the day, something you guys talk about a lot is it's also about retention for the business. Mm-hmm. If your staff are happy, the business is happy, and you don't have to go out on a hiring spree exactly. or going through all that interviewing, which is a lot for the kind of the management team that takes time off the main task. Oh, exactly. And like the numbers around what burnout costs and what staff retention costs are so wild in this country. It's like millions and millions of dollars that this industry spends on staff retention and then rehiring, training. Nobody ever quantifies that monetarily Mm. until you start putting it down and looking, okay, what does this cost me in staff retention opposed to if I spent some time educating my team and figuring out or working with consultancy companies like Minds on Plus about how to dismantle the system and break down these barriers to make it more accessible or to make it more inclusive and safe because that's the whole aim of all of this. I think it's an incredible organisation that was a long time coming and I really hope that HOSPO is just the first industry and we see you guys pop up in different spots and industries around Australia. It sounds like also maybe overseas. Thank you so much for joining us, Thank you so much for having us. If you're interested in Minds and Plus just to research but also you think that you or your business or someone you know would be interested in one of these workshops or the training programs, or even just beginning the process with the survey, go to mindsonplus.culinary.com. That's M-I-N-D-S-E-N-P-L-A-C-E dot C-O-L-O-U-R-N-A-R-Y.com. That's it for today. If you're enjoying the podcast, tell your friends and leave us a review. And to make sure you don't miss any episodes, subscribe or follow us wherever you're listening now. You can find new episodes in your feed every Monday, Wednesday and Friday morning. Listener.